This episode of Flash TV Talk is brought to you by Equity CPA. Visit equitycpa.com and stay tuned later this episode to find out what Equity CPA can do for you. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. You know, it's been a little wet and rainy here in Austin, Texas the last yeah. couple of days, but I was finally able to go out and take my dog, Corgan Dallas, to the dog park. So he's tired and I don't have to deal with his crazy shenanigans tonight. <laughs> That's good, man. No crazy shenanigans tonight. That is certainly going to be the theme of this episode. Uh, but I will tell you this. Before we dump into the, the meat and potatoes of this episode, we do have some house cleaning to actually put out there because we're looking at a like a two-week hiatus that's going to be between this episode and when we actually get another episode of The Flash. Oh, no, really? Yeah, man. Already a hiatus. Well, you know, you got the holidays. Uh, well, you got, the, you got Valentine's Day and Mardi Gras. That's, there's a lot going on right now. So, you know. Ooh, Mardi Gras, yeah. Yeah, man. It's going to be fun. So that being said, I do want to get some things kind of up front, some housekeeping items. The first thing, of course, is that we are members of the DC TV Talk Network. If you go to dctvtalk.com, you can find some amazing podcasts dedicated to DC television. Now, I teased this out last episode, and now I can officially say it. The DC TV Talk Network is actually opening its doors so that all of you, we are going from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited. If you out there are a podcaster, who talks DCTV, and you would like to be featured on the network, you can join up. DCTVTalk.com is the website. You can actually email. It's DCTVTalk at gmail.com. Just send us your information, and we will get you up there on the website. So yeah, join the ever-growing group of content that includes Supergirl TV Talk, Legends TV Talk. You got the Starkville podcast, uh, Starkville House of Val. You've got the iZombie podcast, which is now finally back. So if you want to be part of that, please join us. Help us take the Justice League to Justice League Unlimited, dctvtalk.com. And Bell, beyond that, we've also got uh, something else we got to make mention of. And that is the fact that over on iTunes, man, we actually got some new iTunes reviews in and that put us to a multiple of 10. And as longtime listeners know, every time we hit a multiple of 10, we give away a free digital comic. So find out if you are a big winner. Those of you who have written us an iTunes review will be announcing that at the end of tonight's episode. All right, man, are you ready to do this? I am more than ready. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 13 of Season 4, True Colors Shining Through, directed by Tara Nicole Weir, and story by Jonathan Butler and Gabriel Garza. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Barry and the imprisoned bus metas, Ramsey Deacon, Becky Sharp, Mina Chalin, and Silbert Rundine have been selected to be sold to Amunet, which prompts Barry to plan an escape. Ralph encounters a former client and upon discussing the meeting with Team Flash, discovers he has a new ability to shapeshift. However, he has not fully yet mastered this ability when trying to foil Amunet's deal with Wolf. Barry helps the metas to escape, but they are cornered by Wolf and Amunet. Right before they attain their freedom, DeVoe shows up, once again using his chair to extract the Meta's abilities before transferring his mind into Sharp's body. Then the Thinker kills Wolf, but Amunet flees after his attack. Ralph uses his shapeshifting ability to turn into the original DeVoe, claiming that he was unconscious at Barry's loft, but not dead. Barry's name is cleared since DeVoe is apparently still alive. However, Team Flash realizes that DeVoe can only steal powers from metahumans of his own creation, therefore he is targeting Ralph as well. 
Back at the house, the DeVoe's marriage deteriorates, and the thinker drugs his wife with the weeper's love tears to maintain her devotion towards him as they dance. Dun, dun, dun! All right, man. So a lot happened this episode. And I, I gotta say, just right off the bat, first and foremost, I loved this episode. You know, I feel like in the last couple of episodes, I've had kind of a bit of a, I don't know if it's a complaint, more of a critique, let's say, that it's just been very noticeable about how many characters there are and how it gets difficult to juggle them. And while this episode also kind of falls into that reality, it wasn't as noticeable. There weren't as many moments where I felt like, oh, where are these people? Where, where are, where's this character? And where's this character? And why aren't we seeing this character? The ones that we got, at least in play, really kind of filled up the screen. Not only that, we also spent a lot of time with characters we hadn't seen in a long time. One and done, freak of the week villains coming back to make their big, I guess, and final moment <laughs> right <laughs> before, before it all goes down. Now, overall, this episode, were there any kind of homages that you felt going on with this particular storyline? And of course, I'm thinking- Well, if that didn't have anything to do to Shawshank, then my name's not Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I don't know, man. This one actually felt less Shawshank to me and oh, more- Oh, they climbed through a sewer. Come on, man. Yeah, they did. They did climb through a sewer, but I think it was the fact that there were so many of them. All these villains, all these forces trying to control them. It's like they were some kind of thunderbolts. No, wait, no. Suicide Squad. Yeah. And there's like, you know, a corrupt prison warden who was all like, I guess Amanda Wallace not necessarily corrupt. She's just. Uh, it depends on the amoral. interpretation of the character. So here's the thing. I, I kind of felt like there was some nods to the Suicide Squad in this. But that being said, having watched Twitter and everything that was going on, I did not really see a lot of people making that comparison. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I guess the the main difference being is that the Suicide Squad doesn't plan their escape the entire time because their heads will explode, but they are imprisoned and there is a warden, Amanda Waller, who sends them out on missions. In this case, they were imprisoned and they decided to escape before they were going to be utilized by Amunet in a different kind of context, I suppose. Yeah, this is true. I mean, was it confirmed that Amunet was trying to buy them so that she could move them all to the thinker? Like, was she representing him in this regard? Or do you think that she was just having them so that she could take them to sell for whomever the buyer might be? See, that's what I wasn't clear on, because I know there's one part where, you know, right before she runs away, where she sees Thinker come in and she's like, I didn't I don't I'm not getting paid enough for this. And so I was kind of like, huh, if she's working with Thinker. Wouldn't she know about that? I'm, I'm thinking maybe she's like, but then again, she worked with Thinker's wife. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of not clear on that, honestly. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we talked a little bit about this last episode, but there's so many different villains with their own motivations and their own stories with everything that's going on. And they seem loosely tied together, but I think very intentionally so, right? I mean, like at the end of the season, we may not have Thinker. I mean, shoot, with the way that Thinker's powering up, we might not have Barry, but Let's just go out on a limb and assume that Barry saves the day and the thinker is defeated. I would imagine that we still have characters like Amunet running around. Now, I also would have imagined that we would have had Wolf still running around up until this episode. Yeah, that's going to be a very difficult thing for them to explain in the prison whole thing. So obviously, you know, uh, uh, Wolf was like, to, you know, when he was talking to, to Iris and Cecile, he was like, yeah, Barry got in a fight. He wasn't involved. He's not hurt. But since he was in the area, he had to be put in isolation. That's why, you know, he wasn't there. Right. So it's, it's not like Wolf is making it public that he's putting people in the metahuman wing. And so that's going to be a thing where like, well, Wolf's gone now. So like, where did he go? 
there's got to be some kind of investigation into that. What is that going to lead to? You know, because then Barry shows up in his cell, not in the metahuman wing, back in his regular cell at the end of the episode. So that's kind of interesting. So like who in the prison knows <laughs> what Wolf is doing? Because did the guards think he was just in solitary? Like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's an interesting sort of conundrum to deal with there. Well, all right. So let's talk about Wolf. This is a character that when he was first introduced at the end of an earlier episode, there was a lot of fan you know, anticipation about him being a major player. This is a character, of course, from the comics and somebody who would have nefarious reasons for wanting to lock up so many metas. And there was kind of a question mark as to what his endgame was. When it all comes down, this is really the first episode that we got some real time with him. Was Wolf wasted? I mean, this is not a minor character from the comics. It's interesting to me because it's like when Thinker decided to kill him, that was kind of a shock to me. Because like I was saying earlier, like he's a prominent figure in this prison. He's the warden of the freaking prison, right? right so right, it's right. like, how are you going to deal with his sudden absence? And if you're the Thinker, I'm assuming that you thought of a solution to that. But it seems really impulsive and really outside of the thinker's M.O. to go and kill this dude who is is such a prominent figure in the prison. So I'm kind of curious as to what that reasoning was as to why Thinker killed him. You know, it's a really awkward situation. It, it, it doesn't like because, you know, e- even his wife uh, w- was like, you know, why did he, he wasn't part of the plane? You have to kill him. And Thinker was like he needed to die. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, do you think it's cleaning up the mess, so to speak? I mean, too many witnesses. Obviously, Wolf has been trafficking in these people. And, and now that he knows, I, I guess the question I mean, is, how much does Wolf actually know, though? Right. And, and perhaps, you know, Wolf doesn't know the difference between a bus metahuman and a regular metahuman. And since he was sitting there, you know, selling them to Amunet, depending on what Amunet and Thinker's relationship was, Wolf might sell a meta that was a bus meta that Thinker needs and Thinker might lose his ability to claim that meta's powers. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was like cutting loose unknowns, right? So, so you get rid of Wolf, Wolf can't sell the bus metas and now they're all going to be in one spot and maybe that's part of his plan. I don't know. It just seemed kind of rash and impulsive for Thinker to do something like that though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, so you've, you've already referenced it, but the mechanic was starting to pick up early on in this episode that Thinker has not been himself. I mean, you know, it's not just the fact that he's jumped bodies and, and you know, he's got this new telepathy power, although that's part of it, right? Like before he knew everything, but now he knows even more. Like before he knew the answer to every question, now he knows every thought that's going on around him. He almost has this Dr. Manhattan level of relationship to her, right? Like he almost sees himself as a godlike figure and starts looking down upon her for not really fully grasping everything he's doing, you know? Well, yeah, it's almost as if he's transcended and he can't view her as his equal, as his love because Uh, he's on this separate plane, right? I think that from his perspective, he still sees her as his love. Like when he does his best to appease her prior to, you know, what happens at the end, you almost see him kind of almost like he's running a marathon and then all of a sudden he stops and he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Come on. Let's, let's go. And it's almost as if he's, it's not that he's humoring her, but that he's intentionally taking a step back to try to meet her on her level. But in so doing, also kind of enforcing this idea that he is on another level. At least that's what I got from their initial scene in this episode. Mm. Yeah, he, I mean, I, I feel I agree with you on the fact that he's on this certain, this different level. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, Thinker, we do get some, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the fact that he, he rides around in that chair. I didn't really know what was going on up until it was made very clear what that chair is for beyond just being a, a mode of transportation. 
it is, in fact, this brain transference machine that not only transfers the mind, but also transfers the power with them. In fact, but in this episode, Thinker went from being a Dr. Manhattan-esque character at the beginning to more like Siler from the first season of Heroes. Yeah, I got a huge Siler vibe from him for sure. So he's going around, he's collecting the, uh, the powers of, of all these other villains. And, you know, we actually got a chance to spend a little bit more time. I mean, there was, uh, you know, not a whole lot of character development with all of these characters, with the exception of, and I want to call her Jinx, but I know that's not her name. It's Becky, right? Yeah, Becky. Uh, Becky Sharp. With uh, Becky, man. We actually, when Wolf goes back in into the prison cell with Amunet, and there's kind of this round table of talking about all of these different villains, he gets to Becky and it's very clear, oh yeah, you know, one of these things ain't like the other. Like she is actually not necessarily a villain in so much as she did get a little power crazy and she did almost get intoxicated by what her abilities were you know, able to make her do, but she wasn't wanting all of these bad things to happen. They were just happening. Yeah. She wasn't motivated by revenge. She was kind of like, you know, I've been crapped on my whole life. Now it's time for me to get, you know, to, to get lucky. Right. And so it, it's not like hurting people was what she was after. It was just making herself good outcome. Right. And, and, and the result of that was bad stuff. And she wasn't very happy with the bad stuff that happened as a result of her using her powers. We talked a bit about it during that episode when she was first introduced about how just terrifying that, that ability is. And just the, the fact that if she can instantly, you know, what was that one sequence where like the, the nail gun was pointed at the baby and she's not intentionally trying to cause harm to all of these people, but severe and, and mortal danger was happening all around her, regardless of what her desire may have been in that moment. Yeah, I'm thinking of something like she imagines an outcome and then the things happen to make that outcome and she's less responsible for the things that result in the outcome. She, she, she's not like saying, oh, I want the nail gun to be pointed at the baby. She's like thinking, I want this to happen. And then random things happen that result in that. Yeah. Like, I want there to be a lot of danger around me, but not knowing specifically what that danger is. Or, or I, you know, I don't even know if it's that, right? Like, I think no, it's, it's just... It's like, I, yeah, I, I want to rob this bank or get these clothes. And so in order to do that, I need these things, or not, not necessarily I need these things to happen, but in order to do that, these things happen mm. that are beyond my control that result in this outcome, right? You know, I know that not very many people like it when we make comparisons between Marvel and DC, but you almost kind of get the sense that she is kind of a late blooming purple man from the Jessica Jones, uh, you know, Kilgrave character. Yeah, I could see that. Where it's like, you know, at some point it's like, well, you know, she's just doing it because it's just happening. So how does she know whether or not it's wrong or right? It's just happening. Yeah. The fact that it's what she wants to happen doesn't necessarily matter because it is actually happening. It doesn't seem as though she's forcing anything to happen. It's just happening. So yeah, I don't she know. wants the outcome to happen and bad things happen to end up in that outcome. But like she didn't want those bad things to happen but yeah well becky with the bad luck man she's uh she's been through some things actually prison seems to have uh you know i guess given her some perspective and yeah so she's out here she's taking care of barry i was actually kind of surprised by the fact that she had that medical knowledge until of course she dropped the fact that yeah broken some things i've fallen a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah Great that was pretty funny. Her first introduction. But yeah, man. So we get that time with Wolf, with the villains, with Amunet, with Thinker, with the mechanic. This really was a villain-centric episode in many respects because we did get a little bit of Barry, but for the most part, the A story was really about the villains. So I guess that's where I felt that the Suicide Squad element was a little bit more in play than in previous. I mean, well, we've actually had the Suicide Squad appear in, in the form of Task Force X. I don't know. For, for me, it kind of felt like a nod there. 
Uh, maybe. I'll give you a half a point on that one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, man, you were correct. You know, you speculated a couple episodes back that Barry would be given the opportunity to leave prison and he would opt to not do that. And that's exactly what we saw at the end of this episode. Barry, in fact, is free and then decides, nope, uh, y'all haven't got me out legally. I'm going to go back to my prison. Kudos to you, Bell. You, once again, you called it this season. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm doing pretty good this season, I think. Um, but that there, there are issues with that, though, right? Because it's okay. So, you know, Ralph takes the form of the original DeVoe and goes into the court. And it's like, hey, I'm not dead. Cool. And then what happens after that? When it's like, oh, where did this guy go? He disappeared. <laughs> so I, I was going to ask you about the whole le- legality aspect of that, right? Like, uh, I, I don't. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Court documentation and all that kind of stuff out, you know, out the window on that one. But well, it's Central City, man. In Central City, legal stuff is overly simplified because reasons like that is what we saw. <laughs> that's what we saw in Barry's case in his trial. And that's what we see in his release. So I think it's actually apropos. I mean, I guess it's just it's just kind of that that was kind of done where the judge was like, oh, I guess you're alive. OK, case dismissed, whatever. You know, you're a little release from prison without any sort of further cross-examination or anything like that whatsoever that it just that was that's not how i wanted barry to get out of prison i thought that was kind of dumb well it's 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 fine but i hear what you're saying i mean the the thing that was i i it's not that it's dumb but it is quite convenient that this episode kind of all of a sudden ralph discovers this new ability which is to totally transform his body his clothes and his voice into somebody else yeah. He just instantly becomes a shapeshifter kind of out of nowhere and with no explanation as to why. Well, it's because he was thinking about the person. No, I, I got that, but he's thought about people before. I mean, was it the fact that the guy was Irish? I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah, that was that was a very, you know, oh, hey, how fortuitous. I can shapeshift. Let's Wee! get Barry out of prison by shapeshifting all... into DeVoe. Wee! Uh, he was, it was, it was in his, his office, and then all of a sudden he was thinking about his lucky charms, and then it's like, oh, well, oh, I have a different life now. So now I'm going to all yeah. of a sudden become the whole thing. Well, I mean, like Lauren W. in the chat brought up a really good point. Why didn't they just use the face tra- transmogrifier thing that Barry or that uh, that Harry had? That's a great thing, except for the fact that Harry wasn't there. He was on Earth too. He probably brought the, the facial transmogrifier with him. Also, sure. that's not Earth two technology. That's Earth nineteen technology. They don't have anybody from Earth nineteen there. Ergo, I think that left with uh, HR or yeah, HR's death. All right, fine. So there you go. But as Karen it's says, not, it's not that like Harry and Cisco couldn't like crack that stuff up though. I mean, come on. Well, he still hasn't quite figured out the future room, or you know, or how to reboot uh, Gideon, or you know, mini. Where is we need we need hashtag where's Gideon? Oh no, I'll tell you what hashtag we've got going on right now. I was going to mention this at the top of the episode, and I, I completely forgot to. But we've got the hashtag find Mc, McSnurl going on right now. Yeah, and Peta actually retweeted us on that, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end uh, at the end of the episode. But yes, hashtag find McSnurdle. Feel free to check that out on Twitter while you listen to the rest of this episode. All right, so here's the thing, man. Barry does uh, make the decision. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back into my cell. Ralph does get him out because he uses his magical shape shifting powers. Ralph, of course, goes through the exact same plots, uh, episodic plot that he's gone through time and time and time again. I would like to introduce a new drinking game for The Flash called Ralph Gets a Pep Talk, Take a Drink, <laughs> and that's pretty much going to get you wasted. And I thought Killer Frost is a bad choice for that. Well, I guess she, she's the only one. Like, see, Iris gave him a pep talk. Barry gave him a pep talk. Cisco's given him a pep talk. Joe's given him a pep talk. I mean, like, you know, 
He's gotten a pep talk, I think, from every everybody on the team at this point. So yeah, sure. I think he's even gotten a, a pep talk from Caitlin. So now all of a sudden we're getting a Killer Frost pep talk. Well, why can't Caitlin just like you know slap some sense into him? Like, why does she have to turn into Killer Frost to 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 deliver that speech? I don't know, but I, I will say I figure like anybody could have been like, come on, quit being a you know whatever and just. Do your job, kind of I, thing. I'm getting so. I, 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 I mean, big surprise. Bo's not a friend of Ralph. Must be Flash TV talk on Friday. Like, I get it. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I sound like a broken record, but that's because this, this character is a broken record. <laughs> like, even his own storylines are getting so daggum repetitive. Like, we need to, you know, and it does seem by the end of this episode that Ralph is going to play whatever part that we've been keeping him around for in the, you know, up and coming next episodes but man it just gets really really repetitive when every single episode we like oh ralph thinks he's gonna be a hero oh ralph did something wrong oh ralph is scared ralph needs a pep talk ralph goes and does a hero now we all love ralph again and rinse and repeat yeah i, I like ralph but it, it is kind of like you know I, he he had the the crisis of confidence and the pole fell on the girl and then, you know, with the the whole ass thing and then now with the the failure of your friends thing, it's like, just get over it, dude. Come on. You've had at least three of these incidents happen where you overcame them. And like, why immediately the following Tuesday, you just forget all that stuff that happened. Yeah. Now, Team Flash does suit up. They are looking forward to, uh, to quite the rumble as they're wanting to disrupt this uh, exchange, prisoner exchange between Wolf and uh, Doomfist. But they, uh, when it, you know, they, they're even talking specifically about the fact that they can't get, you know, like, oh, this, how, how are we ever going to do this? We, we must have Ralph. Like, really? We, we got to have Ralph for this? Ralph is going to be the one that saves day? You know, you got Wally on speed dial. And like, he's a speedster, so he can be there in two seconds. Nobody's going to call Wally. Or you got freaking Vibe right here who can zap in anybody from like any reality. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I go know. get the Flash from the identical Earth. It's you know, go get Supergirl. One of the go, go get any yeah. of the people that you've seen before. Like, there's the you know, uh, pop on over to Central City. You know, we got we actually had Felicity pop in, uh, you know, previously on the Flash episode. I thought maybe she would be here or some sort of Arrow reference going on, but um, nope, nope. But honestly, I think that well, okay, if not for Becky with the bad luck, I think that Team Flash could pretty much handle this sans flash in terms of these villains well yeah the thing you know and as far as like barry getting out of prison the one thing i was hoping to see uh yeah i agree like like a team flash could probably handle this without barry but like i didn't think the reason why barry would get out of prison was because of ralph shape-shifting i was hoping it would be because of ralph being a detective which is what he is he's a private eye yeah. he's supposed to be really a detective that's what i wanted to see and instead it's like no i'm just gonna like make some i'm i'm gonna pretend to be a dead guy and th there's going to be no questions after this whole court case thing. I, I was hoping he was going to like snoop around, find some stuff, get some actual legit evidence and uh, stuff that would be outside the thinker's control or something. I don't know. But it, yeah, that, that was kind of that was kind of weird. Man, speaking of people using their uh, civilian talents, how about Barry OMG sciencing his way out of prison? Yeah, he got some vinegar and some baking soda and poured it on some bolts and apparently it just dissolves them. <laughs> Dude, we have not seen scientist Barry Allen in a long time. I really loved that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it was neat that uh, we, we got to see his sort of, you know, scientific mind at work again, because it's been one of those things we hadn't seen since uh, the, pilot? I don't know, the first episode <laughs> of the entire season. 
Exactly. But yeah, I, it might have been it might have been kind of neat to see him sort of go through the process and like explaining the chemicals and stuff that he's using, at least in his head or something like that. But yeah, it, it's cool to see we see Barry in his brilliant mind, right? Let me get to see him use his mind to get out of the situation as opposed to using his powers, which was which was a, a nice change. Well, and it shows you that his power, you know, as as a human, as a mortal man. He is still, you know, it's not like he is without ability. Like he still has agency without the, you know, without the super superheroics being part of his heroism. And so it was, it was great to see him actually uh, pull that prison break and, uh, uh, you know, more power to him in his depowered state. Uh, yeah, no, at the end, man, we, we do get all the characters kind of for this big Royal rumble. And as I mentioned, I think that it would be an easy uh, situation for Killer Frost and Vibe to kind of handle on their own, except for Becky with the bad luck, man. She is way overpowered. And I remember thinking like during that whole situation, like, dude, she is super overpowered. And then as I'm thinking this, we get the big unveiling of what the full extent of Thinker's ability is as he transfers his mind into the bodies of each individual villain taking their powers in in the process and finally landing on Becky. So now the thinker has this insanely overpowered ability to basically just shut down anything and everything around him from a physical level, from a mental level, from a technological level, and from a just general luck level. <laughs> Dear Flash Riders, thinker is OP. Please nerf. Thanks. Fix your game, Blizz. <laughs> Right? I mean, like, I dude, know. at the end of this episode, I'm like, going into this, we, we talked about the fact that the Thinker really was, you know, a, a very interesting opponent for Barry. And the way that they've handled this entire, you know, legal case with uh, him and, and Team Flash versus Team Thinker. And, you know, we're playing this civilian game as behind the scenes, we're playing the superheroics competition between the two of us. It just went to a whole nother level, man. Like, he really is, or I guess she really is. This insanely overpowered villain that I don't know how Barry is going to beat. I don't know that he can beat her. Well, and that's the thing that kind of upsets me about it is that this is what was so cool about it is that this guy, he's not beating the Flash because he's a more powerful meta. He's beating the Flash because he's smarter than the Flash. And he outthinks the Flash. And and that's what was really cool about this season is we're seeing, it's like, you know, with the speedsters, it's always been, oh, the speedsters are faster than me. I have to get faster. I have to get more powerful, blah, blah, blah. But with the thinker, it's like, no, I'm just smarter than you. I'm outthinking you. I'm I'm We're playing 18-dimensional chess, and I'm 12,000 steps ahead of you. And they just threw all that out the window with the thinker claiming all of these abilities because now not only, like, I, I, I feel like they're going to de-emphasize the whole smarter than you bit. And emphasize the whole, I have all these powers now, which I don't really appreciate. I was hoping it would be more of a, I want to see Barry defeat this villain, not with his power set, but with his mind. Because mm. Barry is a really good detective. He's a really smart guy. And he's got to find some kind of like weakness in the thinker's game plan and exploit that. Not with his power set, but with, you know, with with his detective ability or something like that. And I feel like they're kind of going the opposite direction of that. And that's kind of it's kind of sad. Well, let me let me kind of flip that around on you, though. I mean, the first half of the season, it was the thinker using his mind against Barry's power. Perhaps the second half is going to be about Barry using his mind against the thinker's power. You know, so really kind of reversing the roles between the two so that Barry does 
if that's the case, if the thinker has now become so overly powered that that really Barry and all the speed force and all the speed, you know, everything behind it, even with all of his great power, he, he can't stop him. He can't match that immense and massive power that the thinker has. Maybe that means Barry needs to bring it back down to a mental level and kind of go where the thinker was at the beginning of the season. Could be actually a really nice way to, uh, you know, to reverse those roles and, and book in the season. Yeah, I could see that. that. That could be some interesting juxtaposition there is that, you know, Thinker uses his brain against the power and then Alberti has to use his brain against Thinker's power. Let's we'll see what they do. I mean, it's, I just I, I don't want that. I don't want it to be a big meta fight, you know, like I, I want it to be something that's interesting, something that's different, something we haven't seen before. And right now it looks like it's going to be super powered meta versus Barry and Barry is going to like throw lightning at him and kill him. Or I don't know. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be one of these things where if I had to make a guess, I think that he's going to try to put himself into Barry's brain. Like Barry's going to get hooked up to that brain machine and Barry will have to think so fast that it kind of, you know, he outthinks the thinker from that standpoint. I mean, there's even, you know, there's a great comic book panel of, of Barry Allen sitting in the thinkers. Uh, oh shoot. What's the name of the, uh, the mind cap. Oh man. Oh, what's it called? The, the thinking cap. There we go. And literally outthinking the thinker. So I, I think that we're, we, we can see, or I would be su- surprised if we did not see that as a big, big finale at the end. But man, okay, so we do get a big re- revelation, something that I think a lot of us has suspected all season long. And that is that the thinker is only after, or seems to be only after, bus metas. There are other metahumans locked up in Iron Heights. There's other uh, players that we've seen in the past. But he wasn't after those. He was specifically after the ones from the bus incident. Uh, the bus incident that it appears he did everything within his power to ensure would actually happen. And actually, I got a quick question for you. All right. Can you claim an alternate reality version of yourself, a time remnant, if you will, as dependent on your taxes? Ooh, you know what? That is a very good question. And I do not have the answer for that. You know who probably does have the answer to that? Who? The good folks at Equity CPA. Equity CPA is actually sponsoring this podcast. And if you go to equitycpa.com, you can find out about all the great services to let them take care of your tax filings this year. Now, here's the great thing. If you use the code Flash TV Talk, you actually get 20% off. And uh, you know, you could even just mention the fact that you heard us on the podcast and get that discount as well. Well, that's that's actually excellent because I have some different tax scenarios this year that I didn't have last year. And so it, it, it'd be really nice to talk to an actual professional. Well, I definitely do, especially from the fact that I've got Bovatar out there. And that I never, You never know when he's going to pop back up, man. And when he pops back up, I would like to claim him as dependent if I possibly can. Well, that's wonderful because at equitycpa.com slash taxes, when you turn in your tax return, an actual licensed CPA will personally prepare and review that tax return for you. So you can find out if Bovatar is actually someone you can (laughs) claim on your taxes. Yeah, but in all seriousness, y'all definitely want to check them out. They do great work. Actually, even last year, there was a client that came to them. They had done their taxes by themselves in the previous year. By going to Equity CPA, they actually amended their federal and state returns and they actually got back $2,500. That's extra money that you can do a lot of good stuff with. You could donate it. Hey, you could go and uh, become a patron with that, <laughs> that money as well and help support this podcast. But you know, you can also use that extra ducats to buy your own flash gear of any kind. So they're helping you out, keeping money in your pocket and making sure that you are able to do some great stuff with it. So again, that is equitycpa.com. Go to equitycpa.com slash taxes. They've got their contact information or call 863-866-7099 and tell them you heard about it on Flash TV Talk. For 20% off. Speedster speculation. All right, man. Okay, so here's the thing. 
Now we've we've got these speedsters. We are we've got these metas. We've known since the uh, the beginning of the season that these metas were going to come into play in some form or fashion. I think it was a safe bet that a lot of people assumed. Uh, you know, it was almost kind of literally writing on the wall that these metas were what ultimately the thinker was after. But the question is why? Why are the bus metas? so special why are they the ones that thinker wants as opposed to weather wizard or heat wave well heat wave is not really a meta but you know any of the metas that we've had in the past uh you know honestly i think it's going to come down to where barry was and dawn ultimately because you know barry was trapped in the future when he came out it was at the bus the dark energy that he released there on the bus uh gave all of these people their powers so it's got to have something to do with that so i think barry while he's not a bus meta is intrinsically linked to them so barry is going to be one of the ones that thinkers after and i think dawn has something to do with that and i just don't know what yet because there's not enough information really for me to go on and speculate about it but uh <gasps> I, I i i mean i don't know what do you what do you think i don't i don't think dawn has anything to do with the thinkers plans i mean we've talked about it before i mean i'm, I'm sticking with the idea that perhaps she is the 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 catalyst or the one thing that does not belong because she's out of time that perhaps she might be a, an asset in the final battle against the thinker because he's he's unaware of her he's he's beyond anything he could have thought of but I, I don't think that the reason why he is only going after bus metas has anything to do with Dawn. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that, like, you know, the thinker thought of Dawn, but like Dawn and the language that she was writing in the book and the stuff that Barry came out with, I think it's going to have something to do with the bus metas and Barry. I think it's outside thinker's plan. Could like, that's be. What I, that's, that's what I'm thinking. But like, I, I don't know. It, it's it's something to do with how Barry came out of the Speed Force, the dark energy that he imparted into those people on the bus, and some specific reason as to why he can only target those bus metas. And I don't know. It, it's hard. I don't really understand, or I can't really think of a reason as to why that would be. Uh, why it would just be the bus metas that he can that he can control? Maybe it's something to do with this chair. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with the uh, the energy that he's using. Mm, uh, that's yeah, interesting. It's, it's, it's it's interesting. Okay, so so you know the fact that. There's such a hodgepodge of of powers. You know what I mean? Like it's not earth, wind, and fire. Like there's not there's not like this combination that would have any kind of or would seem to have any any kind of you know correlation, right? Like you had the tech ability, you had the reanimation or just animation ability. They got the um you know the the roofy tears. They've got Becky with the bad luck. They've got the mind controlling, and, and they got Kilgore with the electronics controlling. Well, that's what I said. They got the mechanic control. So so then you got the also the just the thinker being the thinker and having his. I know the answer to every question. So what's the correlation? Like even even just from a power set, is there is there any kind of correlation there? Like heart, mind, body, I suppose with with the animation and technology. Are you trying to say we're gonna have Captain Planet here? <laughs> Is that what you're going at? No, I'm just trying to figure out if there's any correlation. Like, why why this power set? What, what is it that... They said the Ascension. Wasn't that what they said at the end of the episode? Like, to the Ascension? They toasted the Ascension? Oh, you know, I don't remember. The mechanic Crap. and thinker toast. And this is after she's been roofied, but, but they toast the Ascension. And so, whose Ascension? Is it his? Is it someone else's? Like, what is it that they, we, we've talked about the fact that they're working towards some sort of higher purpose. Like, it, it seemed that way in the most recent episodes that there's something going on that no one else knows. So is it the thinker's ascension? Maybe, maybe he's trying to reach some sort of like godlike status so that he can make everyone smart. I don't know. For the enlightenment, right? Yeah, oh, Lauren in, W in the chat. Enlightenment. enlightenment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So enlightenment. Sorry, thank you, Lauren. The enlightenment. I mean, there's something else going on. It's like it's like he's working towards something. The enlightenment. Well, I, I, I mean, because this whole thing was like with the with the uh, with the device that uh, that the mechanic built 
to increase his thoughts. Like that was all part of it too. Like he had to get the dark energy to make it work. But like you, you would think that once he got all of the powers that the, that the thinking cap gave him, that would have been his enlightenment. So I don't know, like where it's going from here is kind of interesting because it's like, okay, the thinking gap gave you all these powers. And now you're talking about the enlightenment was not you getting your powers and enlightenment in well, itself it, it, it's or, the, or what? Well, okay. So the enlightenment European intellectual movement of the late 17th and 18th century, emphasizing reason and individualism rather than tradition. So maybe, maybe it's something that he's trying to do to uh, basically bring the entire world up to his level where everyone is super smart and everyone relies on reason as opposed to like, you know, anything else. Is he brainiac to some extent? Like, do you think that he would want to Borg-esque assimilate? Is it that he wants to absorb everybody else so that he ends up becoming like the sole human? No, I don't think it's that per se. I think it's I think it's more along the lines of like he wants to uh, bring everyone up to where he is but, and but, get rid of like contrasting ideas and things like that. I don't know. But see, then wouldn't he just turn everybody into drones as opposed to using them? I, I noticed that the mechanic when she started to turn on him, it's when he killed Wolf, right? Like when he crushed Wolf, like she's been fine with uh, apparently offering well, metas. But when he killed a human. That's when she was like, okay, we're, we're pushing this further than it was supposed to go. Like now we're yeah, going Yeah, because it was a part of his plan. Like, like she's seeing him deviate from the plan that she set up. She signed on uh, for the plan. Okay, she didn't true, sign up true. for all this other crazy stuff. And also she started to kind of turn on him uh, before he killed Wolf when he started to read her mind. Gunnar in the chat saying, so at the time I thought he wanted to make people smarter. When he was a professor, he once mentioned how people don't understand and wasted blah, 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 blah. And, and Gunnar says blah, blah, blah. I'm not dismissing Gunnar. Gunnar yeah. It's literally what's typed out in the chat. I don't know. Like, why? What would he need of those powers? Why those powers? You know what I mean? Like, are the powers uh, part of the enlightenment or are they just kind of a path to enlightenment, <laughs> to the enlightenment for him personally? Like a safety measure against the Flash. I mean, it seems more like, you know, a safety measure against the Flash. Like if he has all these different powers, there's no way anyone can be able to defeat him. So he can then instill this new age of enlightenment by, you know, saying everybody has to do what I say or think how I think because I'm the smartest man alive and I know everything better than anyone else. It's such a weird power set. Stretchiness, yeah. roofy tears, bad luck. Well, he, didn't get, he didn't get roofy tears, right? I thought they got died. No, no, no. No, they love tears. They, they make people fall in love with you right no but but did, didn't that guy uh i'm trying to remember what, what what was the ultimate fate of that guy well no no that's the thing he got um he he that's that's what he put in uh in his wife's drink was the the tears yeah but i'm, I'm saying that he doesn't have that power he can't cry the roofy tears because he never transferred into that guy did he? oh okay i thought he did because i know like they, they they rescued him and he left and did thinker come up and grab him again i'm trying to remember interesting yeah you know now that you say that you're right I think I just assumed it because we were, he was sucking up, <laughs> sucking up powers from this season, <laughs> like it were going out of sale, like they were all on sale. He's like, "Oh, I'll take this one, and I'll take this one, and I will take this one." Yeah, and that's another thing that's interesting too. Is like when he was doing that, like I thought he was trying to pull them all into the body that was in the chair. But what he was doing is like each person, as he would take their power, he would look over at Barry. Yeah, so and he so was he, in that body. Yeah, so he was in that body. So he would jump from body to body to body as he was taking the power. It's so the episode was- of Rick and Morty where Rick keeps on jumping bodies and then right. offing them as he, as he leaves the body. Am I making Rick and Morty references that you don't get now? We've come full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, hold on. 
which episode does he jump bodies? I can't recall, but he's like, he's running from the police or whatever. He got captured by the bugs and then he jumps into the bugs body and then he jumps from the bugs. Oh body yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes yeah, through a couple yeah, of different Rick's bodies and everything. That was season three, episode one. And it did make me kind of think of that because he, he was in their body briefly. Then he left the body with the power into a new body. And so he's just, he's jumping bodies. And, and he's like, oh, I got to take a crap. <laughs> <laughs> And, he's, and, and while, while he's doing it, you know, you do kind of wonder, does he also get the memories of that person? Like, do the memories of that body go with him into the new body? Thus, I mean, the, I think so. Didn't he, didn't he say something to kind of indicate that? If that's the case, I'm all right. So this is my speculation, man. I think the enlightenment means that he wants to absorb, find a method of mass absorbing everybody so that he becomes the embodiment of all human civilization. He knows the answer to all questions. Now he will be all people. He will have all powers and he will know everything and all existence will be, you know, through and of him. That's that what be, I think. That would be interesting. That's what I think is going on. I think he, he wants to be, uh, th- I mean, he wants to, from some, from that aspect, he's, he's Dr. Manhattan, he's Siler, he's Brainiac. You know, I, I do think there is kind of a lot of Brainiac influence. Even just the, the cap that he wears is very Brainiac inspired. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes what comes from him, but I do think I, I, that's that's what that's what my speculation is. Why he's only going after the bus metas now? I don't know. I think maybe the fact you know I like the the assumption that maybe his chair is tuned to that particular dark matter that happened to come out because that's where you know it was orchestrated to come out. So I, I can dig that, but I think he he's trying to grow beyond that, and I think that that's what we'll end up seeing is that he really wants to absorb everybody. Maybe. We'll, we'll have to see. Hey guys, this is Chad Rogan, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, listener feedback this week. We got some great listener feedback in. Uh, this first one comes from a Troy Ray. What did Troy have to say? Hey guys, I'm just writing in to say I have no idea what's going on. Now that DeVoe has become Freaky Friday Siler, there's no telling what his plan is. I know one thing for sure. Miss DeVoe isn't down anymore. Have a great week. Thanks for the show. Troy Ray. Thanks, Troy. Yeah, no, I agree. We just talked about it in speech speculation. It's it's all up in the air now, it seems. it's Bo's got some theories, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, and Mrs. DeVoe, uh, she has become what a lot of people kind of speculated she was in the beginning. You know, at first, a lot of people were that's like, true. is she just this lackey? Is she under his control? And of course, she proved that, no, that's not the case then. But now she's kind of come full circle. Now she is under his control by means of, you know, the, the roofie tears. Yeah, true. All right, man. Next one comes in from William Marchbanks. Uh, your boy, Will, what do we have to say? Uh, they wrote, was thinking about Mystery Girl that keeps piping up on the show and so far had a thought. What if she's Brainiac 5 from Legion of Superheroes? Huh. Interesting theory. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Legion stuff is going down over on Supergirl's Earth, right? I think so. And I don't believe there's any sort of crossover between those universes outside of the crossover episodes and things like that. So I don't know. Doubtful. Yeah, doubtful. I, I would not put money on that. But it, it's an interesting theory. I think I think if she's from the future, she's related to Barry. I, I'm putting. I would put money on that. I would double down on that. And uh, William, if you want to put some money on that, I'll. <laughs> I like those. <laughs> I like my odds. Uh, next one that comes in, man, from uh, Michael. 
Uh, what did Michael have to say? Hey guys, the Dominator crossover was the first time Barry used his powers, Quicksilver style. Uh, listening to your show now. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. This okay. was this was a correction of something we said a couple uh, episodes back when trying to figure out if Barry was first using the the uh, X Men Quicksilver esque ability of just kind of moving things in time as opposed to moving really you know fast in the way that we've seen them before. But he's right. It actually was during the Dominators crossover that we first saw him do that. Oh, that's cool. Well, thanks for keeping us uh, you know keeping us correct here. Yeah, man, you got to keep us correct. And that kind of feeds into this next iTunes review that we got. Uh, This comes from Patrix Reloaded, but love the name, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty good. Solid flash knowledge, but self-indulgent. These guys have the knowledge and ability to do a solid professional uh, flash podcast, but the show too often descends into unfunny bro slash dad humor and self-indulgent bits like singing and disc jockey radio style character voices. It'll be a much better podcast without a little shtick. Oh, well, well, first of all, thank you so much for that review. We really do appreciate it. And I want to say this, man, we, we, uh, whenever we get kind of feedback like this, I do kind of take it to heart. Um, we will do our best to tie, uh, to dial it back down, uh, in, in terms of the ridiculousness, you know, we actually have a, uh, a bit, um, what, do you, what would you call it? A kind of a mini podcast called shenanigans. That's exclusive to those supporting us through Patreon in which we try to kind of contain the shenanigans and put them out <laughs> in that format so that they don't get in the way of those of you who are just here for a solid flash podcast. So Patrix, I, I do hope that you will uh, keep listening in. And if we are able to course correct that you'll consider giving us maybe a little bit of a better review, but um, good feedback. And, and we appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Now, speaking of feedback, man, we actually did hit a multiple of 10 in terms of our iTunes reviews. So that means we're giving away a free digital comic. By the way, this is a great excuse for those of you who have not gone and written us an iTunes review. Please go and do it because every single time we get a multiple of 10, we give away a free digital comic. And man, we've got a winner this week. Are you ready for this? All right. And the winner is Lenny Burnham. Oh, no way. Lenny Burnham. Congratulations. You are the winner of a free digital comic. First of all, thank you so much for reviewing the podcast. And again, those of you who have not done so already. Uh, head over to iTunes, write us a review. Those four and five star go a long way to help this show happen. Uh, also, speaking of going a long way to help this show happen and getting that little additional stuff, uh, as I mentioned, you can get some extra shenanigans by heading over to patreon.com slash TV talk, becoming a patron, supporting this show for uh, you know as little as a bucket episode. It goes a long way to ensuring that you get this quality content and hopefully professional content on a weekly basis every single time that there's an episode of The Flash and you get a little bit more with the uh, shenanigans episodes. And at the end of this uh, season, we've got a little something special for you because Bell has been whipping up a custom print that will be going out to all of our patrons at the end of the season. So you'll want to get that as well. Again, that's patreon.com slash TV talk. Now, Bell, we mentioned it earlier, but this past week, man, I, I, got, uh, I got a little frustrated by the fact that we have not seen a character in a very long time. In fact, last week marked the one year, uh, I guess one year points from the last time that we saw the character of McSnurdle the turtle, Barry and Iris's pet turtle given to them by HR. May he rest in peace. And yeah, I just, I thought, you know, I couldn't stand it anymore. So I started the hashtag find McSnurdle. Now this was, uh, you know, a lot of you answered the call. You've been out there. You've been retweeting. Uh, you've been trying to uh, let the Flash TV writers individually and from Flash TV writers, uh, their their official Twitter account know that we want to know where McSnurdle is. We need an on-screen reference or, or some sort of short story or give it, you know, give it the Cisco Chronicles. We need something. We need to know what has happened to McSnurdle. And I warned, Bell, I put out on the Twitters that if 
Flash TV writers did not provide the right kind of information uh, within 24 hours. I was going to call in the big guns, and that is exactly what I did. Uh, having tweeted PETA, letting them know that we are concerned about an animal neglect from the show, PETA heard us. They also retweeted us and responded back saying they, they feel that Barry Allen being a superhero would do the right thing and take care of his turtle companion. But, you know, as, as much as we, we appreciate the good folks at PETA having that faith in the Flash, we need to see it on screen, people. So over the next two weeks, be sure you're using the hashtag FindMcSnurtle. Tweet folks on the show. We need to know what happened to Barry and Iris's pet turtle. So hashtag FindMcSnurtle. Turtle watch. Where is McSnurtle? McSnurtle. McSnurtle. Do it. <laughs> and of course, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk. You can also follow our personal accounts as well. I'm at the real Bo York, or you can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. And if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at Flash at Podastery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides her awesome outro music. You can check out the rest of his stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And for the latest, greatest, and all things wonderful about DC TV podcasting, be sure to check out DCTVTalk.com for all your DC TV talking needs. For those of you out there that are also podcasters podcasting about DC TV shows, let us know. We would love to add you to the rosters at DCTVTalk.com. Again, I mentioned at the top of the show, but to do that, you can email us dctvtalk at gmail.com. Well, man, it has been a, uh, it's been a, a, a kind of a quick couple of episodes here, man. We got a little bit of a hiatus that was uh, both unexpected and unappreciated, if I'm being quite honest. Yes. Well, at the same time, though, I mean, you know, next week is Valentine's Day. Any uh, any special Valentine's plans? Uh, no. No, not, 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 not for me. Not this year. Uh, At you, least not yet. You and I mean, we'll see. You, you, Corgan, Corgan and you could go out and, you know, do something fun. Go to the dog yeah. park. You know, go take my dog to the dog park on Valentine's. Catch up, catch up on uh, some Flash episodes. It's a lot of fun stuff. Man. <laughs> a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Well, for, for those of you who are, are celebrating National Single Awareness Day, enjoy <laughs> a good beverage on us. Until next time, guys, we'll be back in a flash. Yeah.